Hi there, and welcome back to the Gubba Homestead Podcast. I'm Gubba, a first-time homesteader following in the footsteps of my homesteading forebearers. And today, I want to talk to you about everything you need to know about canning. I've been doing a lot of canning lately with summer coming up, and I figured now would be a great time to dive into it. It can seem a little scary. Maybe you're wondering about it. You know, you want to get your feet wet. This is the perfect podcast for you. So canning is another method of food preservation. If you haven't listened to any of my other podcasts, then you know that I am all about food preservation and food storage. Canning also allows you to store food on your shelf for long periods of time. I recently went to a canning class that my church was actually putting on and the teacher who was a seasoned canner said that she had canned meat that she put up about 10 years ago and she ate it and it tasted like she had just canned it. Isn't that so stinking cool? I was like, whoa, I want to do that. Although canned meat doesn't look too pretty, if you've ever seen it, it looks kind of nasty, <laughs> but I had the opportunity to try some of the home canned meats there and they were so good. Like I'm telling you, they made these pork sliders and I got the recipe for it, but oh my goodness, they were so stinking good. Best pork ever. But there are two types of canning. You have water bath and pressure canning. And to put it simply, water bath canning is for high acid foods and pressure canning is for low acid foods. So water bath canning is commonly used for jams, jellies, sauces, and other recipes like that. And pressure canning is used for meat broths, vegetables, and a plethora of other things. You can can chilies, soups without the noodles because you don't can noodles, and so much more. I've been on a roll with dandelion jelly with my water bath canner because there's so many dandelions outside and you can do so much with dandelions. And this past week, I have canned chicken meat and chicken broth and both were delicious. And here is the important takeaway with water bath and pressure canning. Water bath canning is time adjustments based on elevation, so time, and pressure canning is weight adjustments based on elevation, so weight. So if you live a thousand to three thousand feet above sea level, you will have to increase your processing time for a water bath canning recipe by five minutes. So if the recipe calls for 20 minutes of processing time, you will do five minutes more, so a total of 25 minutes. The time you add varies on your elevation, so know your elevation. It's so easy to look up online. There's so many elevation finder tools, whereas pressure canning also depends on your elevation, but instead of adding time, you will add weight. My All-American pressure canner came with a weight that I put on a valve during the canning process, because I am more than a thousand feet above sea level, I add a 15 pound weight gauge to a vent on my canner. So each canner is a little different, but the pressure you use is totally dependent on where you live. Processing times are still the same, but the weight will change based on where you live. So make sure to find out your elevation, look this all up, don't just can something and not know what you're doing. You need to know like your elevation. That could be, it could be 
dangerous. And for the longest time, I was scared to use my pressure canner. I was nervous that I would do something wrong and it would blow up my house. I know that's a little extreme, but I guess if you didn't seal your canner properly or let build up an enormous amount of pressure that it could blow up. And I'm happy to say my few rounds with the pressure canner have not resulted in any explosions. And do you feel a little daunted by the pressure canner? Because that's normal. And let me tell you, if you if I can do it, so can you. The risk of it blowing up is basically non-existent. If you just follow the directions, the next danger would result from food spoilage, specifically botulism. And botulism is a bacteria that can grow in canned foods if your food is not canned properly. It can be deadly, <laughs> but you can detect it. Always inspect your jars before opening them. So don't open the jar if there's bulging activities such as bubbles actively rising to the surface or there is leaking and inspect your open can goods as well. So how does it look? Does it look normal? How does it smell? Does it smell okay? Your sight and smell test will most often detect if there is an issue. Our senses probably had to develop from, you know, the cavemen trying to decide what was good or bad to eat. I don't, I don't know really, but our senses are there to help you. So use them, especially when you're doing some canning goods. If you open up something like a jar of jelly and there's some mold, don't eat it. It's it's as simple as that. If something looks funky, if you think it's funky, just throw it away. It's better to be safe than sorry. And I would suggest to start your canning journey with water bath canning. It is simpler than pressure canning and it will help you get your feet in the water. Another thing to remember about water bath canning is that you will need to heat your lids in water for 10 minutes to sterilize them. Generally, while I'm preparing for a water bath canning recipe, you can also do this with pressure canning, but you don't have to, but I will put some water in a saucepan and bring it to a medium high heat and put my lids in there so they're covered by the water. I don't boil them, but they will sit in there until I am ready to can. So here's how the process looks. I start by filling my water bath with water and bring it to a boil. I place the jars that I will be using in there and allow them to sit in the hot water uh, the entirety of my prep. So while I'm making my recipe or the dandelion jelly or whatever, next I will fill a saucepan with water and place my lids in there. I don't bring this water to a boil, but I get it hot and keep the lids there until I'm ready to use them. I will make my recipe and then use my jar grabber to grab the hot jars and place them on the counter. You do not want to use your hand for this. You will get burned. You need a jar grabber. I will ladle or place whatever I made into the hot jars and then use a towel dipped in vinegar to clean the rims of the jars. I will use a lid grabber to grab a hot lid and place it on top. Again, you need a lid grabber. You do not want to be reaching into hot water. I've done it. It's not pretty. Don't do it. So the next I'll screw on the band and then it's ready to go. I can according to the processing time and adjust according to my elevation. Super simple. You will always want to use a cloth or a paper towel dipped in vinegar to clean off the rims of the jars. Save some jelly or salt 
got on the rim and you didn't get it off, it could inhibit the seal and it won't can properly. So you spend all that time hoping to make some good canned goodies and it doesn't even seal because you didn't clean it and there was some jelly on there. So always clean the rims and check for any chips as well. You don't want to can with a broken jar if you didn't inspect your jar and it had any fractures or chips, this could potentially lead to the jar breaking during canning. This will leave you with a mess to clean up with the broken glass and the food mixed in. And if you place the jars directly on the bottom of the canner, which you better not do because you're listening to this podcast, you know not to, this will also lead to breakage because they are getting so much heat just blasted at them at the bottom of the canner. So don't do that. Besides a low chance of botulism and jars breaking, there isn't much of a downside to canning. It can be time consuming, but if you have extra food to store, why the heck not make some homemade goods to line your pantry? The benefits way outweigh the risks of canning too. So one benefit is knowing exactly what is going into your canned food so you don't have to deal with any funky ingredients. Another is that home canned food can last a super long time. You can put jars into your food storage and eat the same goodies you're eating now years down the road. So say there's a nuclear fallout, you're sitting in your bunker and you're eating Gub Ma's chicken noodle soup from 10 years ago. What a delight and the satisfaction of seeing your pantry lined with your own glass jars is priceless. So being able to have homemade ready to eat goods makes life simpler, especially if you are in a rush or don't have dinner planned, just pull a jar of soup or chili off the shelf or some canned meat and make some goods. And to get started canning, you really don't need much. For water bath canning, you can get a water bath canner that comes equipped with a tray so you can raise and lower the jars into the water bath, or you can use a large stock pot of your own. You will want to have something to set your jars on though because you don't want to put them directly on the bottom of the canner because we know what happens, they could blow up. You will also want to get a pack of canning supplies That includes like a jar grabber, a lid grabber, a funnel, and a headspace measurer. So headspace is the distance between the top of the jar and whatever you are canning. And the recipe that you are using will tell you how much headspace is required. It's different for each recipe. So you want to be aware of this. So if it calls for a one inch headspace, you don't want to go to a half inch headspace because that's leaving it too little room. So you need to be aware for what recipe. And like I said, each recipe will tell you how much headspace and then that little headspace measurer just helps you accurately measures. It's super nice. You definitely want these accessories because you will use these accessories for pressure canning as well. For pressure canning, though, you will need to buy a special canner, like an actual pressure canner. It's different than a water bath canner. These can run up in price, but with the way things are going, I don't think they're going to be getting any cheaper. So if you are thinking about getting into canning, I would take the dive now. So my pressure canner, which is an All-American Model 921, is up about $60 since the time I bought it last year. And you will also need jars and lids. 
An important reminder for canning is that you are not supposed to reuse lids. There are special reusable lids called Tatler lids and some canners you see online, so some people who are canning, you may see them reuse their lids. But general rule of thumb is to not reuse, especially if they are dented in any way. They could create a false seal. So a false seal is where it has been sealed and it's not actually properly sealed. So there's like still bacteria and other growth in there. So you want a oxygen-free environment. So no bacteria can grow in there. Um, and that reminds me too of another false seal. So when you are done processing your jars and you take them out, you let them sit for 24 hours undisturbed and hopefully the little tabs will pop down, meaning that it has canned properly. But after that 24 hours, you will take the rims off. So you don't take the lids off, but you take the little screw on rims because if you keep those on, those can also create a false seal. So if the lid pops off, but that has it tied on, oh man, so take off the rims. And I don't think that that's super common. I know that I have talked with a few canners and they actually didn't even know that. They always kept the rims on, but yes, this can create a false seal. So just store your jars with just the lids. Don't keep the screw on rims on. So jars and lids were hard to come by the past few years with the weirdness of the world and people rushing to get into canning. I would suggest buying jars and lids when you see them and figure out storage for them. And of course, if you are able to get extra when you get some or are looking, canning season is coming up. So local farm supply stores and other stores will be getting in loads. Well, actually, I don't know the storage supply chain. Maybe they won't be getting in loads of canning supplies, but stock up while you can. I think I only had a few week window before all the jars and lids were sold out last year. I went to the store and the shelves were lined with supplies, then went back again and they were all sold out. So get what you can when you can. You can even order online. You can check out Amazon. You can even check out thrift stores because thrift stores are donated jars. So sometimes you can score a super good deal on jars there. But canning is easy and I know that you will find joy seeing the fruits of your labor lining your pantry shelves. There is nothing like home-cooked home canned goods. You can even give them away as gifts. I know I love to receive canned goods for gifts. Oh, they're so stinking cute. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and learned a little bit more about canning. Trust me, if I can do it, then so can you. And thank you so much for listening. Don't do anything a gobble and do. Bye.